Hello, everybody. Welcome to Arsenal X, NGR Radio's Xbox podcast. I'm your host, Eddie V. And as always, we have to throw up the X. Yes, because we're about to throw down. It might seem a little bit long because Skype wants to act like a baby. Oh, wow. (laughs) Did you just turn it? (sighs) Not me. You Missy Elliott did it. Oh, wow. (laughs) Automatic, supersonic, hypnotic, funky, fresh. Oh, wow. Flipped. Flip it back and reverse it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Actually, she, that song was was playing in the car when I uh, was coming uh, coming home from work. Everybody joining me is the wise Wisconsinite, Mr. Jesse Douglas. How's it going? And that's Jay Dilla, everybody. Bossman, Jay Dizzle. Jay Dilla is the producer. Dang it, he's been on my mind. Do I need to teach you Ebonics? You know what? If a black person has to learn from a white person, we are in trouble. I don't know what kind of conversation we're walking into here. I'm just going to look up at the clock and realize that it's almost 2 a.m. In other words, Jesse, I'll hit you up with Messenger. Oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to be, of course, it's Bossman himself, Mr. Corey Derrick. Ed, did you know that we have a giveaway? Ah! <gasps> We do? We do. Corey, please break it down for our people. Okay, so for the month of February, uh, we have acquired a three-month pass to Game Pass. So yes. uh, if you want three months of Game Pass for free, you should. Here are your steps to acquire three months of Game Pass. A, subscribe to... Arsenal X's YouTube page. Two. Post it. Did I just say A and then two? Yes. Okay. Well, you know what? I don't care. Two. Go to Arsenal X's Facebook page. Facebook.com slash groups slash Arsenal X. And, uh... Trace. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You should post your crazy... Craziest or best Xbox moment, along with a an image of your screenshot of your uh, subscription. So uh, you should do that, and uh, mm-hmm. that that's how you enter. You t- screen cap your uh, subscribe. You subscribe to Arsenal X. You screen cap it. Post it in the Arsenal X YouTube or uh, Facebook page, and tell us your favorite Xbox memory. And yes, we, we will choose the winner at random. So, uh, basically, what we're trying to do is is garner a better community for Arsenal X because uh, Nerds Gone Platinum is doing well, uh, Nerds Gone Rogue and, and Nintendo Power Block are doing great, and uh, we want we want that same success for Arsenal X. So, yes, and I apologize, everybody. I need to do more uh, no, with we, the page and stuff. We all do enough. We're just we're just busy people, you know. <sighs> Uh, we just got a lot of things, you know. You're working and and doing optional opinion, and we're just we we got a lot going on, man. It's it's cool, man. It's cool. Just yes, thank but you, do, Corey. Do so I much. need to remind everybody one more time before we move on, or you think they got it? You think people got uh, it? Let's break it down to them one more time. Okay. Step one: subscribe. 
to ArsenalX yes. on YouTube. Step two. If you're not joined the Arsenal X Facebook page, you should go to the Facebook page and join. And it is Arsenal X NGR Radio's Xbox Podcast Group on Facebook. Yeah. So you should go there. Also, the link to the Facebook page is also in the description of the video. So you can just click that link. Join if you're not already joined. Step three. Post an image, a screen cap of your subscription to Arsenal X on YouTube and put your favorite Xbox memory. There we go. Yep. Yes. That's it. That's that's it. Simple. Three, three easy steps. And there's a ton of games on Game Pass. Yes, Jesse. there are 168 games on Game Pass right now, including almost all of Microsoft's first party. So yes, yeah. Jesse and Corey, they definitely enjoy it. Um, I continue to hear great things about it. I get excited when people join up and game that way, because um, it still keeps people in the community in the X and the Microsoft community, and they're still able to game. Also, the budget. Also, you'll get Game Pass just in time for Crackdown Three. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah, and and like games like Ashen, it's like good just for just for that game alone. Like, there's a lot of good games in there, but like Ashen is like one game that I can't suggest people play enough. Also, Hellblade's in there. Yes. Yeah, a game you should be playing. Uh, the new version of Sea Sea of Thieves is up yep. there. Yeah. Yep. Which I gotta uh I gotta do. I gotta take it off my system and uh re-download it. All that content uh, they're doing for that game is free, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I thought so. I just I couldn't yeah. remember because usually, like, usually what they do is you know they'll get they'll get you in and then you pay for the expansions, right? Like that's how they're yeah. doing it. But like, if this, I just keep forgetting to see if these content is free. So yeah, they wanted they wanted it to be a basically a world that they just they comp- you know just keep adding on to. Yeah. Yeah. So. And plus, they got one of the best games on there, Forza Horizon 4. Uh, yeah. And uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider. I think Rise and Tomb Raider, the, re- uh, the Definitive Edition. I think both of them are on uh, uh, Game Pass. Yeah. I, th- I think so. I'm I wondering think Rise how, is on how, there. how long until Shadow of the Tomb Raider is on there. <laughs> I, I bet like two months. Yeah. I yes. can see them because if the, I haven't bought it or played that yet, so I, oh, that's yes. definitely will be a day one download for it me. It is. It is our game of the year of 2018 for Xbox. You gotta play it. I'm just saying. I guarantee you, you're gonna be able to go. You're gonna be able to get it soon. Yeah. yeah. But we're gonna all get into what's been in our arsenal because there's something that we've been trying to play. And there are games that we have been playing. So I'm definitely going to start with you, Corey. What's been in your arsenal? Uh, a lot of Destiny. To, uh, Destiny 2, I should say. A lot of Destiny 2. Uh, some Anthem. Because we, we've been able to play the VIP demo. Uh, which, you know, you can head on over to Javelins for Hire for some Let's Plays of that. Uh, or NGRadio.com. Uh, and, uh, let's see, in terms of Xbox, Mutant Year Zero I've played a little bit of, because uh, that game is really cool, and I'm, like, at that point where, like, I want to keep playing it, but, mm-hmm. I, but I also want to, like, 
wait to see if it comes to Switch because I I really want to play it. But now I'm at that point where like, uh, it's on Game Pass. I'll play it until it comes to Switch, and then I'll just buy it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, uh, I've been playing some of that, and also this week played some Halo Five. We had that discussion about Halo, Ed. Uh, like uh, what earlier this week, I guess. Yeah, and, Tuesday. Uh, yeah, and it really got me in the mood to play some Halo, so I played some Halo Five. Yes. Yeah, I haven't played what that were we talking in a while. About? Oh yeah, the Master Chief we're, Collection is. Yeah, because we was playing uh, Destiny One. Yeah. And oh, by the way, that big, big Halo Five new or Halo Master Chief Collection news, they added like some sort of aiming assist, new aiming assist thing, mm-hmm. that makes it makes it feel more like Halo Five instead of the old Halo games. Uh, when did they announce it? Uh, like last week at some point. Yeah, yeah, it was. I think last. It was I thought, like it was literally like right after we talked about it. <laughs> but I thought they were saving it for a certain date. Uh, I don't know. They just. They, I just know they added that aiming. I forget what it's called, but it's some sort of Aim. weird aiming thing that they added. Was it for? I think was it for GDC? No. I don't know. I I just mm. know that that's what they did. So. Because everybody was wondering if it was going to be like, I think, Halo Reach. Yeah. Or Man, I wanted it to be Halo Reach. That way all the games would be backwards compatible. And then we would actually have another four-player Halo game to play through. <laughs> mm-hmm. I still got to get well, ODST I guess, in uh, I guess Reach. Yeah, I guess ODST we still have. Yeah. I guess we still have that. But, yeah, but yeah, I had ODST. to buy it. Yeah, and you also <sighs> have to be off on a day where we're playing games. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, that's in the prayer list. Did you light a candle? Did you light a candle <laughs> we're not at, ca- at church? We're not, we're not Catholic. <laughs> I know, but it doesn't matter. You could have used all the help you can get. Can I get an amen? amen. <laughs> uh, can I get an amen? Nah. I'll light one. I'll light one uh, on Monday for you, Ed. <laughs> wow. I'll just go walk across the street from work. Right. Thank you. <laughs> wow. That's all I have to say. Wow. Wow. That's all been in your arsenal. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's Division. not really what division. <laughs> Yeah, a little bit of the division too, I guess. Uh, I mean, that's that's a lot for me. I mean, I yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, I I've been trying to play more games lately because I've been working on a lot of stuff, like just editing and stuff. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, Destiny Two. I'm leveling my warlock up. I'm trying to repair the talisman to get into the Dreaming City, which I know I should have probably already done that. Like what six months ago at this point but i'm here now so did you get the achievement for your hunter is nope. already still working on it okay nope no it's uh it's it's a broken achievement if you use the spark you don't get it so oh yeah oh so you gotta uh do every so you gotta replay your hunter yeah <laughs> from the beginning yep which kind wow. of sucks, but that's you know what it's fine whatever in other words you'll do it yeah, it takes forever, but I'll do it, I guess, just for the achievement. <laughs> I'm a sucker. And that's all been in your arsenal? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Anthem was Anthem was really cool. I, I really enjoyed what we played of it. Uh, it feels really good to play. Like, the flying feels fantastic. Uh, the, the weapons feel really good. The kick feels good. 
it feels it feels like a really really well polished version of Mass Effect in terms of shooting, mm-hmm. like Mass Effect like two and three. I would say uh, I really really like the diff- like the flying, the hovering, like anything that's that you do airborne. And uh, I unlocked the Colossus uh, javelin right at the end of our playthrough. Uh, and we played one. Mi- I played one mission with it with Jesse, and uh, that's good. I feel like that's gonna be my javelin of choice, man. Like it just feels really <laughs> good to just when you're flying above a group of enemies and you just mm-hmm. hit the Y button for your melee and you just slam down onto <laughs> a huge group of enemies. Yeah, dude, it feels so good when you wipe them all out, or like when you use the mini nuke, like the mini nuke uh, kind of super weapon, like. Oh, and it takes out like you're fighting this boss and you get your super and you just hit it and and you take out like two thirds of its life with one super because you're shooting many literally shooting miniature nukes at them. Yeah. Oh, it feels so good, dude. Oh, I love it. (laughs) Not that the ranger doesn't feel good, but like the other classes are are where it's at. Did they did they allow you to choose any class out of Uh, the four or you have to you have to. Uh, what you do is you play as the ranger, and then once you once you uh, reach a certain level, uh-huh. you have the ability to choose which javelin you unlock next, and then you just unlock more the javelins as you go. But you get to choose which ones you unlock in order the way you want to unlock them. And that's like after the first, like the first mission, like third. I think it's what third trial or something like that. Well, I was I was level I was. When I was level twelve is when they prompted me to do that. So okay, because they start you off at level ten, right? Yeah. So yeah. as soon as okay. you hit level twelve in the demo, is when they prompt you to pick a javelin. Uh, so and I, I obviously picked the the Colossus because that's Colossus. the one I've been looking forward to since they pretty much showed that there are more javelins than just the the ranger. So uh, it's cool, man. It's awesome. Uh, I wonder how did you guys do the whole demo, or is there was just it wasn't Jesse, too much. Jesse finished all the main missions somehow. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's only a few main missions, but we didn't do. Yeah, the strong- I think there's like three or four. Yeah, three. I think we didn't do the strongholds, or we didn't do the the free roam uh, missions or anything. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Jesse finished, or I guess I guess that means I did too. Although I didn't do any of the story stuff, I just waited for Jesse to talk to everybody, and then we played his game. So and I just joined <laughs> up on him, but okay, yeah, because I didn't know if they were still having like loading problems or yeah. a lot of that got fixed. Oh, I mean, they're still yeah, most of it got problems. fixed. Uh, oh, yeah. they're still having issues. Well, okay. I mean, we got in, but like when we would load into a mission, Jesse would. I think Jesse, what you restarted your game like three times during our play session. Yeah, like every time we'd load into a mission, you you'd be fine, you'd be into it, but then mine would freeze. But I. I'm wondering if it's because I have the OG Xbox and it just wasn't. It just, for whatever reason, it's just not working as well on, on I, it. I I really don't know because I've been having since I got the Snim. I've been having no problems. Yeah. So well, but but the last time you played would have been the last time Corey played when he was having those issues as well. But now, like the, from what I understand, they've been doing a lot of working on it all day long, and so play. I would imagine by tonight when we played it that they would have had most of that stuff figured out. But okay. I don't know. 
I'll I don't know. Try. Because Corey's try never froze during that stuff, but mine did every single time. So I'll probably try it after the recording. It's just that when I when I got it, like I said, we're trying to get into the mission, it would just show that one thing and nothing would happen after that. So that's why mm-hmm. I wonder uh if that got fixed. That's why I was when I uh asked earlier about the triangle thing if they was gonna have that because I think they need yeah. that. They need something to let you know that the game is loading. Not just at different parts and stuff. Yeah, yeah. They, I think they did take that out in some of the loading screens, and it just shows a, just shows a bar, a loading bar, uh, getting you know filling up at the top of the screen. But it, what would happen is it would go to do the final load. Uh-huh. You know how sometimes when you when it's loading something, it will go really fast at the end, and then you next thing you know you're in the game. Yeah. Well, it would do that, but then it would stop with like. You know, like five percent of the bar left, and then it would just sit there frozen. Yikes! So, yeah. Okay. Well, well, Jesse, what's been in your arsenal? All right. So yeah, I I was also playing Anthem. I played like a like an hour and a half this morning, and then we played like two two and a half hours, uh, just you know, just recently or whatever. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm loving that game. Like. You know, it, it's a bummer the demos having issues, but I like I'm not really worried about it as far as the actual game goes. Mm-hmm. But but like you know what we've been playing and stuff has been just amazing and a lot of fun and like just everything looks great and like I don't know, man. It's just, it's just gonna be it's gonna be a special game, I think. But um, I've also been I also played some Division by myself um earlier this this week and uh finished that up for the most part because i like all i had left to do for the longest time now is just that final mission Mm -hmm. you know the final the final end mission where you go up against the helicopter or whatever and i just i just was having trouble beating it at the time and because I didn't have all my uh, all the bases or whatever leveled up completely, so what I did is I just basically went and I finished a couple of things to get the the assets or whatever the the uh, currency that I needed to to hundred percent all the the areas in the building and unlock everything. And then I just went and finished it. So like I really didn't have much to do left, you know, as far as like the in the you know the the beginning stuff Mm -hmm. um you know i did have to i wasn't quite level 30 yet so that's kind of what i was trying to do is grind to get that leveled up so then i could yeah so i could get get the you know actually go to the do the dark zone stuff and all the other things like that um so yeah i finished that and then um I picked up Resident Evil 2 Remake, and that game is just freaking amazing. I love that game so much already. I, I, I'm about two, two and a half hours, I think, about in into the game. So I've basically like just blew past the whole part that you play in the demo. Um, because at that point for the most part a lot of that stuff was still kind of the same in the full game as it Mm -hmm. was in the demo but there was a couple of changes a couple of things that they did to make it take a little bit longer than than it did in the demo to finish everything um but 
but yeah, so I kind of, it was kind of nice though, knowing a lot of that stuff and just being able to blow through it. Um, so I, I got a good chunk of that done and, uh, really enjoying it. That's definitely something I'm going to go back to, uh, next chance I get probably tomorrow. I'll be playing a lot of that. So, and then I played some call of duty, like get my, my daily little bit of it in. I haven't been playing it nearly as much though lately. I've been just trying to play more stuff. I, you know, like I love that game, but I just, it's just like I've been wanting to try to get some other gaming stuff in. And, uh, yeah, so like that, that's pretty much what I've been playing for the most part. All right. Uh, for me, I've uh, been playing Seasons at the Fall. Um, I'm half. I think I believe I'm halfway through that game. I got all the seasons, but now I'm just doing like, I guess the second half of the game, like some of the areas and trying to uh, revive the forest or something. So I'm doing that. I'm also picked up Resident Evil uh, Two Remake. Um, I know that is. I think the intro, the half of the intro is all different because I know you don't never go to the gas station. Uh, they get the part that you don't go to the gun shop. Um, like they took that out. Um, you literally just head pretty much to um, the police station. Cause so yeah, I, cause in, I, in the in the demo, in the demo you do, but in the full game you play that whole beginning part. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Because that whole beginning part you never played in the original Resident Evil Two. So uh, I'm I'm enjoying it. Uh, I think I killed one zombie and that was at the beginning um and then everything else i just ran i'm I'm (laughs) running through um so i i just got to the police station i kind of stopped there um just to get a feel of it it feels pretty good it feels really nice i'm lucky uh like in the way that you know how dark it is and how creepy it can be um Mm -hmm. there is a little there is a little jump scares here and there but it's just like I'm still trying to figure out, okay, this this was empty, but now it's like 800 zombies just appeared out of nowhere, and nobody was there. Just like, wait, that, that doesn't make sense. But okay, it's Resident Evil. Gotta take it for what it is. Um, so, uh, play that. Uh, play some more Far Cry 5. Uh, getting, getting more to the story, like getting further into that. And then I'll be jumping into some side missions for there. Um, I, did I pick up something? I don't think I picked up anything for Xbox. I think Resident Evil 2 is the only one that I picked up. Um, and then I'll be picking up Kingdom Hearts uh, next uh, next Tuesday. Uh, by the time you guys see this, I'll have Kingdom Hearts 3. Uh, I'm going to try to finish Resident Evil by Monday. Uh, so you guys will be able to check uh, if you haven't seen it. But my review for Resident Evil 3, I mean Resident Evil 2 Remake is up. So you guys should be able to check that on NGRRadio.com. Um, and I'll give my impressions and thoughts about that game. Um, but in Destiny, I played with Corey. We played, we're playing the first one. Um, oh, yeah, and it I was forgot a, about that. <laughs> and it was a very good discussion that we had about that game um and i can't wait to get a little bit more into it um doing some strikes and raids um because all the strikes and raids in destiny one and even with destiny two it's all going to be new for me because i've never done so Mm -hmm. um that first one we did, Corey. Like I said, I did that one before. Yeah, but well, it's when part we of the start campaign too. Campaign, like. okay. Um, 
they tried to like what they did with the Taken King update. They try and then they kind of streamlined it with Rise of Iron. They kind of mm-hmm. put some of the strikes that you need to like just to get you acclimated with them. They try to force it into the story. So, I mean, whatever. I mean, like that strike is fine and all, but there's there's some really cool ones uh, later down the road where like. Especially in the Taken King, when you go do like the Shield Brothers or, uh, you know the, oh, no. the sh- is the Shield Brothers like they they're like light green kind of glowy things, no. and one of them comes out. Wait, what? Uh, I was doing something for the Taken King. Uh, there are two and- giant cabal. One is green and one is red. Okay, didn't know I didn't do that one. And they like you fight one, one super aggressive and one super passive. And like you fight you fight the really aggressive one first, then he goes back in, then the super passive one comes out where like he just puts up the shield and shoots rockets mm-hmm. on his back, but he just kinda stands there until you get close to him and then he jumps away. Uh so there's like this really fine line of, of kind of staying within inside his shield and not having him jump away. And then when he goes in, and then you have to fight both of them together. But when you when you defeat one, the other automatically gets the one you killed's power. So like mm-hmm. you could get like the really aggressive one that shoots rockets, and it's just really scary. <laughs> so, oh, uh, it's a goodness. good time. Although there, I don't know if they patched this or not, but when Destiny One was really popular, if you just knelt in front of one of them with a shotgun. Like they, yeah. they couldn't hit you because they're so big. So, uh, wow. There was like a super cheat for that for a while, but, uh, they actually <laughs> give you some really cool stuff if you do the strike enough. Okay. Uh, so Jesse, when you, uh, speaking of cheating, uh, talking about the division one. So there is like a platform that you could go under, mm-hmm. uh, in it. And so I hit under the platform, popped out, was shooting the uh, was shooting the helicopter, popped back in because it couldn't. When once it shoot it, shot at me, the, it was the platform was blocking its shot, so I never got mm-hmm. hit. So yeah. I was just popping in and out, <laughs> that thing, and I was just like, yeah, that's, that's yeah, that's yeah, that's basically what I mean. After I set all the turrets to to aim at them, then that's basically what I did too. Is because I mean, you know, like especially there's a whole bunch of guys running around at one point too, like trying to kill you while that's also shooting at you. So yeah, like that's basically what I what you have to do. I think in that just because it's like that that uh, machine guns on those on and the rockets on on that helicopter are like basically kill you in one shot. Right. So everybody, that's what we have been playing. That's what's been in our arsenal. Uh, when we come back, we're going to get into some arsenal news. Um, hopefully, you guys have been doing well with your NX challenge. Uh, right now, Jesse is in the lead, I believe, with five points. I'm with two. Corey is working on his NX challenge. Uh, I, I so cannot wait for you to get to Link to the Past. I just, ooh, I just can't wait. Uh, no, I'm working. I'm working on it. I have a schedule for next week for how i want to handle stuff i just i've been trying to get a lot of stuff done before i start it you know because like i want to yeah 
Because, like, <sighs> you know, <sighs> uh, in terms of, like, consistency on content, Arsenal X is, like, the most consistent thing we have right now. Uh, you know, because with, with Power Block, I'm trying to get, like, quick looks done, and then uh, I'm trying to make all these, like, tiny intros for our breakouts because we're breaking out the podcast uh, topics now, you know, and uh, I I just want everything done before I start anything new. <laughs> You know what yes. I mean? Like in, in Yeah, I understand. And so like Sunday is my I Sunday's my big editing day, right? Where like Son and I just kinda chill and watch T V or whatever and play with the baby and everything is going to be edited and processed on Sundays. And so, you know, I, we're breaking out all like the news stories and topics we do for for this show, for Pow Block, and then for, you know, pretty much everything every show is going to have breakouts, right? Like I, mm -hmm. I have to go after this. I have to break out, uh, nerds gone rogue proper for next week. And, uh, you know, and it's the way, the way we do it for that show, as opposed to the show, like spoil I mean, I guess behind the scenes stuff, like what we do is we cut, we cut recording before each topic starts and then we start a new video like a new video recording so each topic is a separate video file which makes it super easy but for nerds gone rogue since we use google hangouts for some ungodly reason uh it's, it takes a longer process yeah because like you can't stop the video right you just have to keep recording until you're done so yeah i don't know it's Wait. just yeah well, everybody, when we come back, we're going to get into our news, and we will be right back. And welcome back, everybody. So we're going to jump into some Arsenal news. Uh, Fortnite removes blind loot boxes from Save the World mode. And all our news is coming for Game Informer, so you guys can check it out. Uh, loot boxes have been a controversial topic over the last few years. They've always been a controversial topic, really. But in the face of games like Battlefront 2 and even Overwatch, the discussion around them has really heated up. With the video game industry insisting there's nothing wrong with them. National governments are getting involved in the end of the discussion though which is putting pressure on individual developers to start turning them to be more consumer friendly perhaps as a consequence of that epic announced today that they will be replacing the previously purchasable purchasable loot boxes in fortnite save the world mode with loot boxes that allow you to see their contents before you buy x-ray llamas <laughs> yes dub x-ray llamas the llamas boxes show you exactly what you're going to get before you buy them epic explained in a blog post today uh or uh, by the time you guys read this um if you don't see anything you like the store will refresh the next day and the loot box with it the prices aren't changing and the boxes can still be earned through gameplay but they'll be similarly transparent in those in addition the loot boxes will bias toward preventing dupes in the same category class that means if you already have a legendary shotgun the box algorithm will not give you that same legendary shotgun instead but you will instead get a different legendary shotgun should a duplicate 
item come up. The new changes go live with update 7.30, so you won't have to take long to give it a spin. Any thoughts about this, guys? It's just a good good idea. Like I think I think everyone's just kind of over the uh the um you know random random mm-hmm. loot box thing because like uh they changed that in Black Ops too, uh with you know, a while a, a while back with the beginning of the second season. They had already changed that as well in their game. Um, mm-hmm. because it used to be that like the your tier thing as you unlock, you know, through gameplay. Um, you just would get something random in each box, but instead what they did is the first 100, you know exactly what you're going to get in them. And then after, after a hundred, then it's random. So to just so people are knowing what they're getting for, for at least a hundred of them. And then after that, it doesn't matter because like then at that point you've unlocked all the important things like the new guns and the new, you know, whatever. So Corey, any thoughts? No, I just think this is a good idea. And I think a lot of people should look at this, especially like, you know, cause Assassin's Creed does this too, where like you, there's no loot boxes, but you can buy cosmetic stuff from their store and, and everything. So it's a good move. I think it's, I think it's smart. It gets, you know, whatever inevitable government controversy is going to happen with loot boxes, right? They don't want an EA situation on their hands. So like yeah. get, getting ahead of it is a smart idea. And ultimately I think, you know, as long as I have creative ideas in terms of, of, cosmetic options like i think they're going to make more money this way just because like they can charge whatever they want for cosmetics and if you can see them you're more likely to buy it right so mm-hmm. uh yeah i just think it's a smart move all around from a business standpoint and a goodwill standpoint so yeah well this yeah it's good that's all i gotta say about it i i stopped playing Fortnite. i i took it off my system because i don't play it um I think Blackout has ruined that that feeling of wanting to play Fortnite because Blackout yeah. is so good. <laughs> yeah, well, Jesse so. and I were talking about that with PUBG the other day, or what, a couple weeks ago when we were playing for Royale with Cheese, and we were just like, Blackout has ruined PUBG for us. And it's like, we still like PUBG, but like Blackout is just so good. It, it, mm-hmm. that, that engine fits it. it. And it's just like, you get lost, lost in that game. It's just end up having fun yeah yeah it's i think that's what the the thing is is like like uh, yes like to a certain extent uh um fortnite is easily accessible Mm -hmm. for for all ages but you've still got to master something in order to have a chance to really enjoy that game as well as you know to its full potential and that's building and and if you're like me i just don't want to learn how to build better i just it just doesn't interest me so that like but with black ops all you need to know is how to shoot and what things do that's it you don't have to be be skilled in building or you don't have to you know like 
it's just it's just easier accessible in my opinion than it, any just, of the other games. There's just something exciting about it. It has for for me personally, it has a Titanfall two kind of vibe to it. That it's just yeah. like even though I lost and I died, I don't care about my ranking. I want to yeah. jump in another match because I'm yeah. I'm enjoying what it offers. So, so Ubisoft worked with Glab on upcoming changes to the Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Um, there uh, there is an original article, and then there are two updates to the story. Um, earlier this month, Assassin's Creed Odyssey's second premium DLC release, Shadow Heritage, prompted Game Informer senior reviews editor Joe Juba to recommend players steer clear from the entire art. While one of the points is that it doesn't add cool or meaningful content, another major reason is an odd turn the story takes. This sentiment was shared by enough in the community to prompt Ubisoft to apologize. Now the developer has announced it's working on a revision to Shadow Heritage. According to the post on the Ubisoft forums, the developers are making changes to a cutscene and some dialogue in Shadow Heritage to better reflect the nature of the relationship for players, selecting a number Romantic storyline. The changes will also include altering the name of one trophy. Ubisoft says the changes are being made now and will be implemented in a future patch. The team is also looking at how the choices made in Shadow Heritage can affect the next DLC release, Bloodline, to ensure narrative consistency. Um, this is the first update. Uh, Game Informer spoke briefly with an Ubisoft representative about the tweaks being made. The changes don't take place during the final story beat of the Shadow Heritage DLC, and as such, they uh, have updated the um, headline to more accurately reflect the nature of this upcoming patch, which that's for Game Informer. Um, and this is update number two. Um, LGBTQ advocacy group GLAD released a blog post stating they work with Ubisoft on the upcoming changes to Assassin's Creed Odyssey's Shadow Heritage DLC. After praising the main game's approach of allowing players to define their character's sexuality however they please, Glad criticized an unavoidable heterosexual relationship that occurs in the DLC story, saying, At worst, this sends the harmful message that sexual orientation can be changed at will and that LGBTQ people can choose to conform to heteronormative uh, heteronormative expectations in spite of their identities. In response to the news, Glad said the following: Ubisoft have publicly apologized for the few, uh, for the acknowledged mistake, and since last week, Glad has been in direct contact with Ubisoft in an effort to work together to improve aspects of this DLC and future content releases. The forthcoming updates to Shadow Heritage announced by Ubisoft just yesterday are a positive step, and we applaud them for working to mitigate the damage. An Ubisoft representative confirmed that the developer has spoken with Glad on the topic of the DLC and its changes. So, any thoughts, guys? Um, I mean, I have a few, but I mean, I this is going to come off sounding against this, but it, it's not. I, I promise you it's not. So, just take it with a grain of salt. I mm. I think there to maybe like it like you like you said like my thoughts kind of went be kind of were before I found out that Ubisoft was like changing it so that whatever this decision is in this storyline you can make a non-romantic decision about this and it's kind of strictly like a business type proposition or whatever it is but like mm-hmm. 
the I I'm glad I'm glad that they're doing this right. I'm glad they're supporting like that the the community and everything. I just think in terms of what Assassin's Creed is and what that story is, like it's called Bloodlines and Legacy of the First Blade. Like to to pass on your genetic code, like. It has to be between a genetic, genetically born man and a genetically born woman, right? Like that's yes, that's scientifically how babies are made. Now, in today's world, you know, you know the the gay and lesbian community in in you know that the there's many ways that you can have a child, a child without yeah. you know because of of modern science and medicine mm-hmm. and and just that kind of thing, like. There's ways to do that where you don't have to have just a man and a woman, right? But mm-hmm. in ancient Greece, that wasn't <laughs> that kind of knowledge and stuff wasn't available, right? And yeah. so mm-hmm. to tell the story of Assassin's Creed in ancient Greece, that that is the only way you could pass on your bloodline, right? Is t- is for a man and a woman to conceive, and. I'm I'm not against them changing it. I'm not at all. Like I think it's a good thing. I think it's a cool thing that they're doing that. I just think that they were trying to get to a point in their story where like we have to pass on the genetics of of Cassandra or Alexios. And that was the logical step to take was like we have to have some sort of relationship between the male character and the female character. Uh, you know, it sounds like they're saying like we're changing dialogue options so that you can take a non-romantic path down this uh, storyline, right? Yes. Which is which is good. And like my initial thoughts were were kind of like before I even knew, before I knew that part of it, I was like, this is kind of. I feel like they're reading a little bit too much into this because of of how this has to happen for the story to progress, right? Yes. But, like, the fact that they're doing that, like, again, I'm not mad that they're doing that. I think it's a good thing that the, this, like, it's a good thing overall, right? I just feel like they're being kind of punished for something that, like, maybe, I don't know. I just feel like they they should just take into consideration what it, it means to pass on your bloodlines for a minute instead of like what communities you're trying to serve because they're trying to tell a specific story, you know, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, it's yeah. kind of, it's kind of like you're trying to move modern times, uh, into something, even though the game is unrealistic in the first place, trying to move modern times into something that was in the past that doesn't fit. And like something in that era that doesn't yeah. fit. Yeah. You know, and it's it's kind of hard to do that. Um, even though you do want to please people and stuff, sometimes you just can't have things if you want that consistency um, because it, it wouldn't make sense in the setting and the era that is taking place. Yeah, and that's why I'm like, I don't, I don't want to sound like I'm like being disrespectful to, you know, the... the the community because I'm, I'm not right. Like I, I mm-hmm. really respect them and I support them and I want 
I think everybody should treat everybody equally despite of your race, gender, sex, what what you identify as, right? Like everybody should be treated as a human being, right? And yes. in the landscape we live in, that's it seems to be like it's getting harder every day to do that, but that's that's how I feel you should treat people. But in the context of the game and the story they're trying to tell in this specific mm-hmm. DLC, like there has like there has to be a relationship between a man and a woman because it takes place in ancient Greece. Yeah. And yeah. Whether it's a romantic one or strictly <clears throat> business, like yes, that choice should be able to be made. But in order to pass on the genetic bloodline, there has to be that type of relationship. So, uh, like, I don't really know yet because I have not even remotely begun to do that part in that game. I, I haven't even bought the game yet. So. so, you know, I I don't really have a foot to stand on in this conversation, but, like, it sounds like that's what they're changing it to, and that's good. Instead of just, it has to be a romantic one. Like, they're giving you the choice, but, like, I don't know. I just I feel like they kind of got thrown under the bus for something that like scientifically needs to happen in the storyline for the bloodline to move on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and and you know, again, I know this this is a a conversation that uh may upset some people. Uh but like in terms of the story they're trying to tell, this is what needs to happen. Yes. So. Uh, Jesse, go ahead, because I have thoughts, too, uh, about this. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't really have much much to add. You know, I'm I'm kind of with Corey. Like, I guess the, the thing I don't know is so, like, so you can, you can have a relationship, a man and a man relationship, but they just don't let it be any more than... Well, then business the game, is what you no, said in the game in the game like you can choose to be uh gay straight or bisexual in, in the choice okay. that you make you can have a, okay. pretty much a relationship with okay. a lot of the npcs in the game as yeah. either alexios or cassandra it doesn't matter if they're male or mm-hmm. female you can have yeah. some sort of relationship with them and a lot of people yeah. applauded that because like that doesn't really exist a lot in yeah. games like i th- i think mass effect is a and Dragon Age are two really big games that have done that in the past. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, but, you know, Assassin's Creed is, an, is this is a big step for them because they're kind of making this more of a, a focus for them. And yeah. so that was, they got really praised for that. And I praise them for that too. I think that's a cool thing. Yeah. And that, and that's, that's all I wanted to know. Cause I was like, I, I was pretty sure that they that that was kind of something that they had done. I remembered hearing about it, and so like basically all I'm gonna say is if they really were trying to to um to insult people of you know in that community, they wouldn't have even made that an option at all in the first place. Mm-hmm. Like they they obviously like their decision came from. A story, you know, a story position, and and to you know, kind of make it go to where the story needed to go, 
Mm-hmm. You know, because otherwise they wouldn't have acknowledged it at all. For them, the fact that they acknowledge and they want to give people the option to 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 decide what what sexuality their character is is to be you know to be accepting of it and you know like i just yeah i just i don't quite understand like why you know it it's not it's not malice that that they're doing there's no you know intention of 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 harm you know when they were making those decisions obviously because like i said they never would have even made that an option if they really didn't like the idea of it yeah and there's there's over 800 people credited on this game like if it if it bothered people in that community on the on the staff like you would have thought like maybe one of them would have said hey why don't we do it this way that way like we all feel included you know what i mean like yeah i don't know some sometimes like sometimes i feel like the internet blows a lot of things out of proportion that don't really need it and i feel like this is one of those times but at the same time i'm glad they're going back and fixing that option in the dlc and, and just to be like hey we we have a a solution to the issue that seems to be at hand and you know we're we're changing it for for to better our game and our message so uh, that's kind of all i really have to say on it again so um f- for me i just like you said, Corey, that I feel like they blew this way out of proportion. You know, first of all, this is DLC, and you don't have to buy this DLC and play it and experience. If you get Odyssey is a big game; it's already long, so you already made your choice and your decisions um, about that. Um, I, I, I don't. I think the community. Um, who got upset about this, who feel hurt about it. I'm just like, you're trying to take something that is in a fantasy and bring something realistic to the modern world, like I said earlier, to this game, and you can't do it. All the stuff that you do in in the Assassin's Creed game, you can't do in real life. So try to bring where a same-sex relationship, um, you know, is you know ends up having uh being turned to something heterosexual to bring a child in and then being offended about that i'm just like well you have to do that because that is why it's called bloodline you mm-hmm. you know there they there weren't sur- surrogate mothers in that in that day you know and and i think that's a lot a lot of people who try to bring uh realistic stuff in games um, and people get upset about it or people feel offended and they think that sometimes when you bring certain realistic stuff into a fictional game, it solves the problem. Guess what? There's tons of Assassin's Creed games that don't even talk about sexuality. Um, Ubisoft I mean, decided... This is, this is really the first one, right? Yeah, this is the first one. Like, you know, your your main mission in Assassin's Creed was assassinate people and progress the story. Yeah, you know if you, if you've been killing everybody and all of this stuff, have being being attracted to another person doesn't make sense. Where with Mass Effect and even Andromeda, uh, uh, not Andromeda, uh, 
Dragon Age, Bioware has started the game off where you make choices, moral choices, uh, dialogue choices. And so it's fitting that they put something romantic into that game, whether you are, whether you change the same sex or heterosexual, you know, you've been making choices throughout the whole game till you get got even got to that little part of uh, your relationship. So I I agree with you, Corey and Jesse. I just think that this was blown out. I feel like it really didn't, it shouldn't have damaged the gay community because if it did, who was talking about it? Because by the time this DLC came out, people were talking about Smash, people were talking about the Game Awards, Red Dead, talking about all this other stuff. And this little incident, no one in the gay community that I know of have been talking about it on social media or talking about Facebook, different like who's been talking about about this issue? Mm-hmm. So yeah, and, and again, like I think it's a very loud minority on the internet, right? Like yeah. you know how the internet likes to get up in arms about everything. And I'm I'm Sure, a logical, you know, gay or lesbian or bisexual person would understand this completely in a logical sense, right? Like, yes, like in terms of like historically and scientifically and everything. Like this, this is how this seems to happen. And again, I, I'm not saying this to try to offend anybody. I don't want to offend anybody. You know, I have. I have gay and lesbian friends. I know, you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, we're looking at one right now. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, like, I, I don't want to say it to offend anybody. I'm just trying to put a logical reason out there for, for people to, like, try to understand, like, this was probably Ubisoft's logic, too. It was like, this is how mm-hmm. it has to happen scientifically and, and, because it's ancient Greece, there's no science to give a gay or lesbian couple a, b- a natural baby. Like this is this is how it has to happen. So we might as well just write it in. And like, yeah, maybe they could have done this choice the first time of like this is a professional relationship to where we pass on the bloodline. But like, who thinks like that? Well, you know, like well, I, mean, the- I, I, I'm, I, I don't know. Court, it's just the a thing. thing. The thing about it is, everybody's going to forget all about this. By yeah, the time. In like, in like a week, everybody's going to be moving on to something else. I'm sure EA will screw something else up. They'll cancel another Star Wars game. Or, you know, uh, I mean, I'm sure by the time this episode comes out, people will already have forgotten about it. But still, or some it's people, like. Some people will be like, oh, this happened? I didn't even know this. Like, I didn't know nothing happened until I read it on Game Inform. Like, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I heard it on a podcast. I heard it on a podcast four times last week. I'm like, really? Okay, well, whatever. You know, it's just... Yeah, people just get mad about things that, you know... Well, I think part of it is, too, is that, like, you know, some of these people just might not completely, you know, know the end game of of it and so they they see the first they see the first thing and then without understanding the rest of it they just get upset and mm-hmm. and don't care to look anymore into it like i mean or like, like the, articles that say uh assassin's creed force your character into a heterosexual relationship yeah and that's yeah the only hip- yeah misleading yeah yeah, the yeah the the uh, yeah misleading and the uh, yeah the unfortunately 
that that happens everywhere way too much is people try to try to uh you know get people the trigger trigger words to try to get people to look at their articles i'm gonna say this this, and then we're gonna move on to the last thing go look at on youtube the sex box uh, from fox news when they try to do the mass effect thing go there and just just watch that and be like wow what a intriguing very questionable uh discussion (laughs) i would just say that but we're gonna go into our next subject so it's reported that resident evil series is coming to netflix we're only uh uh with uh the release of resident evil 2 it seems like there might be more resident evil news in the pipeline already and what appears to be a very nascent deal deadline reports that capcom has begun discussing details with netflix for a resident evil series on the streaming service according to deadline the series isn't going to be just a retelling of the story of the video games but rather an expansion of the universe outside of the usual group of bioweapon killing near superhumans that the series has been focusing on for years instead it will look more at things like the umbrella corporation and the creation of its various genetic experiments it is not clear yet whether the series is animated or live action while there have been successful animated adaptations of video games on netflix like konami's castlevania the live action resident evil movies by paul ws anderson were fairly large successes each turning a profit what form would you want a resident evil show to take and to add to this everybody there also are some resident evil animated cgi movies that you guys if you care to watch that you can um i i actually don't think this is needed at all you can't (laughs) they're already rebooting the movies why do they need a tv show too which is that don't get me wrong like i'm sure the netflix show will be better than anything that the movies have ever been right Mm. but let's 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 be honest here why it it comes down to like why do we need video game adaptations in the movies or tv you know like just why do we need it i video games should be games movies should be movies right you can find a there's so many things that you could find to play or watch that are different enough you know i don't know i just it's ex- to be honest it's, with you, I don't even really care. I don't really care for Resident Evil. I, I think the story of Resident Evil is really interesting. I just don't want to play the games, right? Because I don't do spooky stuff, except for Resident <laughs> Evil One. I'll play Resident Evil One all day for some reason, but I just don't. <laughs> um, and I, I really like Five, by the way, but I Five is not a horror movie or horror game. Or, so <laughs> I think it's just, it's about expanding the brand. So that's why, because I'm like, we would go crazy if there was a Shuffle Night cartoon coming to Netflix. I mean, we would watch amazing, it. To be honest with you, that'd be awesome. You know, like I, I still, I'm still, I still want to fight for that Star Fox animated uh, short to be a TV series. Like, also probably would be really awesome. <laughs> yes. Yeah. See, so, that's the thing. It's all about what you what you enjoy. Like, if it's something you enjoy, mm-hmm. like, because this is this is my take on it. Okay, so. To me, to to me, saying to everyone who likes uh, a thing that like, why do we need movies based on games? Well, why do we need games based on movies then? We don't. Like, why don't we don't? 
Well, but not not necessarily. Like we've had some good but, Star Wars games, but like, like the Un- Unleashed and all that stuff yeah, have been like amazing said, games. They're not based on movies, though. They're based on the well, but they're based on Star Wars, and that's what these movies are going to be. They're going to be based off the license, the well, that, story what, of it, but it's not going to be the game being played out in a in a that, show. That's that's why I say expanding the brand. Yeah, you know exactly. It, with yeah. and don't forget Star Wars, even though that has you know, it's set a series of movies and stuff. The video games and the books and stuff that come out of it has been trying to expand the world. Don't forget, mm-hmm. there's a fighting game on PS1 from Star Wars. Yeah. But we all but we all love probably the rogue one that came on GameCube. We love the uh the race of one start a uh, nice of the old republic from bioware a lot yeah. of people like that it's just there's things about i'm just using star wars for example that yeah. ex that expanded and with with games be, being turned into movies or an adaptation or something coming out of it tv series or uh or a movie they're they're trying to to expand it to their fan base and tell maybe a different story or bring their imagination of that game of how it will look to the TV screen. People will pay money for it because they're a fan of it. You know, we might yeah. we might think Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, the movies are whatever you you deemed deemed them to be, but during that time, those games were hype. And people were going out to go see him. You know, people still go see the Pokemon movie, and you know that's a, that. Of course, that's animated, but people still go support it and see that because they're fans of it. So it, I think it's just expanding the brand. I think with yeah. Resident Evil, in the sense why it doesn't need a TV series, is that we know the story of Resident Evil. We know the side games. We we seen all the movies. We seen the animated stuff. What can you expand? from the Resident Evil series. You're, you're a player who's fighting a corporation who somehow got a virus out or, or disease out, whatever you want to call it. You're fighting those enemies so that you can survive and you save the day. What else is there yeah. to tell about? We know Umbrella is evil. We don't need to know anything about that. We've been knowing Umbrella was, has been evil for the last, what, six games? Seven games? Mm-hmm. Or whatever. So we as gamers know it. Now, if they are trying to get this out, then people who know nothing about the Resident Evil will enjoy the series. But well, I would I would like to get I would like to get an origin where it's not just a bunch of cutscenes in a game, you know, just mm-hmm. like you know, just basically devolving a whole entire origin into like three seconds. Like I I I would like to get the the Gotham of you know of Resident Evil. Like like in my opinion, like Gotham is like a perfect example of like the very early stages of of Batman. Like before Batman exists, before any of the villains exist. Like to to get like to tell like a, a deeper story about well, how if, how Umbrella even started as a corporation. Right. Like if, why if, if they're gonna start and they should just keep it an umbrella umbrella uh, umbrella because if they're not gonna try to do anything with the games, nothing could start. Nothing should get to the point where Resident Evil Zero comes into play. You have literally got to do all of this stuff and then hint at 
how Resident Evil Zero started, and don't yeah. even go to one or anything else, because that's the yeah, only and I way. I think that's what that's what they would probably want to do is to, to expand on it, you know, on the universe. Yes. Uh, well, we're gonna move on to the. So, GDC survey reveals 18% of developers working on next-gen games. Of each year, the Game Developers Conference serves as one of the biggest meetings of the minds for creators in the video game industry. While we're still all about two months off, the conference shared its 7th annual State of the Game Industry survey results. The survey polled nearly 4,000 video game developers on a variety of topics, including work hours, Steam, and projects they are working on. One of the most interesting tidbits is that 18% of the 4,000 developers survey are working on games for unannounced platforms. However, only 2% of respondents say that project is ex- exclusive to next-gen games. The other 16% say their projects are cross-generational. On that same question, 46% say they are developing exclusively for existing hardware. In addition, one of the topics touched on was how the developers survey were planning on monetizing their next completed game. Fifty percent. Sorry about that, Fifty percent that it would be traditional pay to download, while forty one percent said free to download. However, only nine percent of total respondents said their games will include paid loot boxes, while twenty two percent and twenty four percent said they will support the game through paid in game currency and paid in game items, respectively. Steam remains the most popular PC slash Mac platform for developers to sell their games on, with 47 of developers using the Valve on storefront, but only 6% of developers feel Steam earned its 30% cut of the game revenue. For contrast, only 32% feel Steam does not earn its cut, while 27% say it probably doesn't. While this could indicate further problems for Valve's storefront, 55% of developers say that 75% or more of their sales come from Steam, which is significantly more than any other digital storefront at this time. On the topic of work hours, 44% spend more than 40 hours a week working on games. The most popular reason for this, however, isn't management pressure, uh, that's 10%, or peer pressure, which is another 10%. Instead, the most common reason for overtime among respondents is self-pressure, 33%. On the topic of maintaining favorable work conditions, 47% say they think workers in the industry should unionize, but only 21% are optimistic about that happening. In response to which gender the developers survey identified as, 77% said male, while only 19% said female. This is a uh, slight increase from last year's survey when that same question yielded an 80 to 17 split. Other interesting results include 24% saying their multi-platform games have sold best on Switch, and that 45% of developers consider Switch a platform that most interests them, compared to 38% for PS4, 28% for Xbox One, and 60% for PC. This year's Game Developers Conference runs from March 18th to March 22nd in San Francisco, California. So that that is a lot of survey, a lot of numbers and stuff. Um... But to already hear that 18% is working on uh, next gen, I think right now the only one that we could really say is Microsoft and Bethesda is the only ones that's working on next gen, where everybody else we don't know yet until well, maybe I'm sure E3. Some Sony Studios are too. Yeah, yeah, Sony is probably too. Um, 
But to to be honest with you, that doesn't really surprise me considering amount the amount of mobile developers that go there. Mm. Um, you know, and and PC only also is like a big thing because uh, it costs a lot of money to port your game over to to a console, right? Like PC is, I mean, PC's free pretty much. You know, well, I mean, besides development costs, like it's free to put your game on Steam and then whatever it sells, it's like. 30% or whatever and you know it's the same for mobile so I mean I I don't it's not that surprising to me especially with the amount of of current gen games still in development like yes you know I, and you know a lot of people probably don't want to give out their secrets either of like hey we have dev kits for uh, Xbox Scarlet and PlayStation 5 you know uh, just because I'm sure if some somebody leaked something like that like they'd be in big trouble from Sony and Microsoft. So, uh, yeah. Even Nintendo, probably. Yeah. Um, well, N- Nintendo doesn't really have a next-gen console. You know, but, mean, Switch is like its own little bubble thing. Yeah, but if there is uh, someone who's working on a Nintendo game and it got leaked. Yeah, that's, you know, that's true, too. So, um, I I think I think with the Steam one is interesting that it's still the the biggest one. I'm just like, well, Epic just came out with this, yeah. so yeah. you really don't have a lot of games on the Epic Store. I think give it this year, ch- just this year alone, that would really change, and we'll and we'll see how Epic Store affects, especially Steam. when they're getting free games. Like, look at the free games you got already this year for from the Epic Store. Super mm-hmm. Me- Super Meat Boy, Axiom Verge is free this month. Uh, I mean, early access for Hades. Uh, the Division is exclusive on PC f- for that store. Like, I'll tell you what, man, the Epic Store is gonna be something to be, you know, looking out to. Yeah, but the thing, I, is, it, the thing is too is like, I mean, good old games exist still too, right? But that's yes, that's more of like, I mean, I know they sell regular games. By the way, did you know that good old games is run by CD Projekt? <laughs> no. Oh, no. Yeah, they have like CD Projekt has two teams: CD Projekt Red, which which develops their games, and CD Projekt Blue, which runs good old games. But see, I thought good old games was its own. It is its own thing, but it's owned by CD Projekt. I didn't never know that. I didn't either until like a month ago. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's run by CD Projekt Blue, which is their uh, kind of curation and, and porting team. So, uh, all right, uh, CD Projekt, get job. Yeah. Get your I was voice. like, how do they have all this money to build, like, make games like The Witcher? Like, they're not like up until The Witcher Three. Like, The Witcher was not popular. You know, yes. I mean, The Witcher Two gained a, an audience, but like until The Witcher Three, like those games were not popular. Like, how they have all this money? Turns out, good old games is, is their that's that's I'm, how they're funding The Witcher, I guess. So, <laughs> Witcher Witcher was popular for PC. It's just that we yeah. don't. We um, never I, talk I about. I agree, it. and it, it's it's popular in in parts of Europe because it's you know yeah. a Polish developer, and that that story is is or those books and stuff are popular overseas and stuff. But I'm just, I mean, it just kind of like blew my mind. I'm like, oh yeah, I guess uh, I cool. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Fun fact for you guys this week. Yes. Thank you for (laughs) educating us, Corey. (laughs) Uh, 
So, anything else, guys? Or no, I'm excited for next gen. That's all. I'm excited yeah. for the next <laughs> Xbox. I want to see what it's like. Although I need to, I need to mount my 4K TV above my desk. So that's gonna be fun. Oh, it's gonna be a fun little project. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I gotta find a stud <laughs> behind this wall because uh, if I don't, and I hang that TV and it falls. Oh boy. I'd go stand behind his wall. That's good. No. And <laughs> and hold up my TV for the rest of the time. No. <laughs> no he's the he's the stud behind the oh, wall. Got it. Nice. <laughs> I feel honored. I guess. Oh, <laughs> uh, so we're gonna get into our next story. So, our final story, a Sea of Thieves developer wowed by streaming numbers. In his latest developer diary, Sea of Thieves execute, uh, executive, execute, goodness, executive producer Joe Neat acknowledged the game's growing fl- following on platforms like Twitch. It's been amazing to see the continued momentum and interest around Sea of Thieves since the shrouded spoils release, Neat said. Throughout December, we've seen lots of streaming, just lots of people coming in and playing CLTs. To see that continue through January, to see new streamers, has been incredible. It's a true reversal and procession for when the game launched to million reviews last year. Um, game Informer described the game as shallow, with good ideas but not enough content. We're since proving its commitment to, f- uh, to filling its swashbuckling pirate sandbox with four free sizable expansion packs, including December's Shrouded Spoils. And if Twitch is any indication of public perception, it usually is. Their efforts are paying off. Kotaku reported that CLD set at number two on Switch Monday night with 102,000 viewers. It since slipped back down to 17,600 viewers at the time of the uh, this writing. But it's clear that interest in the game is gaining the momentum Neat described in the video. The next patch coming to CLDs will launch on February 6th and will add primarily focus on tweaking the game's combat mechanics. So that's good to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I I played it a, not that long ago, and I I really enjoyed the the uh, you know some of the changes they've made last. Uh, but this these new changes are fairly recent, I think, aren't they? Like, yeah, yeah. So I so yeah, I I, I really want to get back into that game because I do love playing in that world. It's fun. Yeah, same here. I need to show some commitment more to that game. Plus, I got my uh beer mug. Oh my pirate. Yeah. <laughs> R. So uh Corey, any thoughts or are you guys ready to move on to our last section? I'm just I'm really happy they're just continuing to support this game as well. I again it's a game I want to get back to at some point. I just we haven't had time and now that Anthem and the Division are out, like at it or coming out I should say, like I I hope we somehow have time to come back to this game at some point. Yes. That's all I say. So everybody, when we come back, we're going to get into our Arsenal Exchange. And we're back, everybody. So let's jump into our Arsenal exchange. So I asked these guys, um, games as a service demos. We talk about Anthem and the problems that it is having. 
um and we kind of was discussing uh just you know sometimes about when a game is demoing from uh uh like when it a game that depends on the online surface in a sense um that you know when these demos come out we don't know if it's gonna work or uh if it's gonna have problems and um, if you guys uh, uh, seen yesterday's pop block, we kind of talked about breaking demos down um, on how it's done. So I kind of want to ask the guys, like, how do a games as a service demo should be handled? Do you think what uh, what Bethesda did, or even Nintendo in a sense, how they uh, they released it, but there's a time window for it? Um, did you think that what uh, what Bungie did with Destiny 2, like they they gave you the first main mission, so you got an understanding of how uh, a solo mission works, um, and then you could do strikes or raids, like get an idea about that. Or do you guys like what, uh, but that not Bethesda of how Anthem is being handled, um, where it's kind of or even even I think what what's Call of Duty. Um, Black Ops, the same thing as Anthem, uh, Jesse, or is it separate? What the what now? Like the well, like with the closed beta first, and then uh, uh, or closed alpha. I'm sorry, yeah, uh, a closed alpha, and then uh, open beta, and then the like release of the game and stuff. I think that's kind of how they're doing it with Anthem. It was a closed yeah. alpha for. I think then then this is the VIP and then I think the last one is the open beta or open yeah. up to everyone. Um how did you guys think that these services or game as a service demos should be handled handle? I think like I mean I think most people do like do a, a you know, a good job of doing it the way like they kind of do do it. But the thing is is it it's really hard for for online based games to to know exactly how everything's gonna go mm-hmm. once real time things start happening like you know like they because they said like with the with the anthem like all these problems they've been having with the anthem uh demo that none of it really had to do with servers it was real time things happening where where uh like you know, like when you play an open world game, there's always going to be bugs, and someone could play that same exact game in the same exact way that you do. Yes, but that bug just for whatever reason won't affect them, and so I think it has something to do with how things are like generated in the game, and so it's you just can't always predict for every single outcome that that could possibly happen when you have a game that has left you completely to to your choices of what you're going to do like you know if you're going to the second you walk into an area you're going to run four steps straight and then you're going to turn right and then you know go left and like throughout that way of you moving through the game there's a mm-hmm. possibility that you could somehow glitch something out just because of the exact way that you moved through that level and that they do someone say, could go through and, that level and, and they that do wouldn't say in their sta- they do say in their statement that this is not a final uh yeah. 
representation of the game. This is just like yeah. a bill. Like they they do inform that, and they're rushed. Least. They're rushed to have something put together because mm-hmm. they've got a certain time period that that all needs to be okayed before before they can you know even think about releasing a demo. And unfortunately, I think that is a is part of the issue is that they're kind of forced to just put out something that isn't working correctly and then once people complain then they're allowed to fix it which is stupid like it's dumb that it has to be that way but unfortunately that seems to be the way that that it has to be done they have to okay something and then that's got to be that's got to be set in stone up until the release day and then when problems happen then they're allowed to change things I, I think one of the problems and I'm going to get your uh, answer Corey um I think one of the problems is is that when you attach stuff like these demos to pre pre-orders and stuff it becomes it becomes very worrisome about the people who are pre-ordering. Only only reason is because they they are getting this bonus, but mm-hmm. it's not a guarantee that um, it's going to be a hit or not. And this and stuff like this, if it's it feels like if you're paying for something like this, or this is included and it uh, it is connected to your money. This could fear some people to be like, I'm going to, I'm going to cancel my pre-order. That's why when I put in the message and it said physical uh, cancellation stuff, people could be like, if if this is what I'm getting, because some people just take a demo as it is, like this is a representation of the game, they'll be like, if this is going to be on my day one, I'm going to cancel my game today, get it right. Um, uh, what about you, Corey? Uh, I mean, there... I don't I don't know man. I, I games as a service is so hard to demo, right? Like I think mm-hmm. I think Anthem is actually doing it pretty well if you can get in. Like it gives you a sense of here's Fort Tarsus, here's a, here's how you level up, here's uh you know the javelins, you can test them all out. You can go do these few missions in the stronghold and uh free play, like they have all that stuff set in there like that's cool. I I, I think that really gives you a shot at learning how to play the game whereas like I hated Destiny 2's beta, right? Like I I mean I I didn't hate it in terms of the way it felt or the way it played, right? Like I think I think Destiny 2 still is like a premier first-person shooter on mm-hmm. consoles. Like I I still think it's one of the best first-person shooters out there. But it doesn't teach you anything. It didn't really teach you anything. It it gave you that first mission, right? Without any cutscenes or anything. Like it gave you that first mission and it gave you a strike. It didn't really teach you how to upgrade or, like, what gear was or anything like that, right? And it just did a terrible job of teaching you how to play Destiny. Uh, the, and and so, like, I, I don't know. I thought that was pretty awful. But I thought the Blackout beta did a good job of, like, this is this is what Blackout is. You can play it. Uh, and the Division, the Division, if I remember correctly did a pretty similar thing of what Anthem is doing is like, it gave you a small chunk of the game up front. Yeah. And like, I thought that, I think that's pretty smart because it teaches you how to play the game, not just mechanically, but also like what upgrades are, what, you know, how the mechanics work and how, 
uh, upgrading your stuff works. And, and so like, I, mm-hmm. I think that's, uh, I think that's a good way to do it. But, you know, to Jesse's point is like, they, <laughs> you shouldn't have to wait to fix things, you know, like mm-hmm. the, the demos and the betas, like, I really hope all this Anthem mess is cleaned up by the time this game comes out and not, Hey, you know, cause Jesse, you took the day off to play it. Like mm-hmm. you're not going to what if you take the, take the day off and like this happens on day one, right? And yeah. You, you wasted a day where you could have been like, you know, m- making money working or spending time with your family or doing something else. But like Anthem is important to to you and you want to take the day off and play it like i did with destiny (laughs) 2 when it came out i took that day off to play it uh and you know the servers were down for a little bit but like nothing compared to what this anthem stuff is happening this this past weekend like people were waiting eight ten twelve hours on xbox just to get in right and like they (laughs) fixed the pc and playstation 4 ones pretty early but the xbox version is still like broken <laughs> and, and, and it worries be- me because like they have the marketing deal with microsoft right so and you know with ea assets and everything like they put out um when i was telling when we, me and you was playing uh destiny Corey, and i even missed you uh um jesse i'm just like oh the demo uh download is available for xbox mm-hmm. like no one was talking about it for uh playstation and my thing is with these kind of demos, I think first of all the attention is to get the feel of the game, mm-hmm. um, like like the shooting, how some like you said, Corey is teaching you the mechanics and stuff, how things work. It's just an idea of what you're going to get and, and what you could be expecting. Kind of to be like, okay, this is how the gameplay works. This is how missions are run. This is how a team co-op, you know, comes together. Like they, that's what most demos are. Supposed supposed to do um i think with this anthem uh and some, some sometimes the games as a service demos and stuff i i kind of feel like destiny 2 what what it did right was the single player part you know mm-hmm. it gave you the demo uh but the main focus was getting a feel of the game it didn't of course it didn't teach you everything because they were expecting anyone who's a fan of destiny one knows how to play destiny two if with but they should explain some of the changes and stuff um i think if but when i think when if, destiny two came out like i do think it did teach you i it did a decent job of teaching you mm-hmm. Uh, not the not the beta, but the actual game when it came out, it did a yes. decent job of teaching you like, this is how guns work. This is what a kinetic uh, energy and a power weapon are, right? And uh, this is how you change out armor. This is how you dismantle it, and this is what it turns into. These are patrols. Like, there's a specific point in the campaign where you literally have to go set up a patrol beacon and learn what patrols are, right? And that's that's yes. like cool thing that they did right like that was something that was severely lacking in destiny one so like that kind of is cool but i mean if you're gonna put out a beta to teach people what the game is like have something in there that teaches people what the game is i i think when this demo came out they should have just literally just give you a first mission not start you in the town 
not start you with co-op players. Like, unlock that after you get a feel of an actual mission just given to you. Like they did Destiny 2. Uh, like, the first mission was given to you for you before you did anything else to it. Because I think that at least that doesn't depend heavily on the servers. Mm-hmm. Where I feel like for some unknown reason, it's trying to matchmake you for some reason, even though you didn't set it or ask for that. You just really want to jump in and play maybe this one mission single player by itself. Um, because I, that's my assumption of they're having a service reliance on a matchmaking thing. Um, it, it's my thing. Because this is going to be f- not fearful for me, but this is going this is worrisome about EA and demos. Because if you're gonna be having these server issues, people who pick up Anthem don't wanna have Battlefield 5's problem. Where half of the game, when it came out, the actual game coming out wasn't there and wasn't working. And now you gotta wait all like you said, Jesse, uh, fixing it when it's when it's time to come out of stuff. Like nobody don't want to be paying sixty dollars for that, you know. Well, I was just mostly talking about the demos and the betas demo. because yeah. uh, they have a certain time period that those things need to be okayed, and then after that they can't do anything with it until until the release day. Like to fix issues, which mm. is which I think is kind of a dumb practice, and like I feel like that maybe this stuff wouldn't happen nearly as much if if they could maybe extend alphas or or you know the betas, like you know do do along the lines of the you know like the, we've got games now where they're they're in the early stages where you get to. You know, play them when they're be, as they're being built, and you know, in in the uh, you know preview programs and things like that. And I think I think maybe that eventually the whole demo and beta thing might go away, and and they'll eventually, hopefully, maybe they'll just start doing doing where you, where people can kind of. Uh, Play it as it's being built and kind of because like I think that would be the best way to do it because then along the way like what these problems they're having right now with Anthem along the way they could have been figuring that stuff out just to make sure that when it releases for its full 1.0 release Mm -hmm. that this won't be an issue because we've been working on it for months well you know like my my question is Anthem got announced what 2017, I think, or 16. I think mm. it might have been. Think six. Yeah, because I think they announced it and it was supposed to come out last fall. And then they pushed okay. it. Because mm. it's the because sure, I think because it's think kind of because yeah, it's just it's it's something that you know we're all blaming EA for this uh and you know bioware is also taking the blame but they're trying to step out and they're trying to step up and they're trying to explain something um to be fair though this is kind of bioware's first foray into online gaming too you know they have yes. a lot of their stuff is like i mean they've had mass effects uh multiplayer mode but that's four people 
against hordes of enemies, right? It's not like a massive open world that you can go play with mm-hmm. other players or anything, right? Like this is really yeah. their first foray into online gaming, but like EA's server issues have plagued them forever. Look at the Battlefield 4 conundrum. Look at how many times have I complained about Madden oh, <laughs> yeah. in the past like six months, right? Like I just EA's servers have never been fantastic. So my thing is if they're making all this money, why can they not have better servers? I mean, I think they're from what it sounds like they're trying, right? They're working on it, but I think I don't know. I I don't know. I don't I, know an, I, an, <laughs> I I honestly think though like with games like Madden and that because like like Battlefield and those kind of games like mm-hmm. Like you know, like a lot of online games, they will have some server issues, like when it, like on release, but it usually gets qu- uh, fixed pretty quickly. But I think I think more games like Madden that that's more that's more about the uh, on the net code versus the the servers. Server. I think I think that's just they don't really know what they're doing when it comes to trying to get that game to work in an online setting and i wonder like, i i wonder if they got designated teams to work on the game server well i'm sure they do yeah i mean i'm pretty i think you can still buy servers too like you know like mm-hmm. you can buy servers through ea and have your own server yeah do you i wonder how much that even costs I, mean, I, think you can, uh, I, I don't. I think you can rent them. Yeah, right? you rent them. Like you pay a monthly like thing fee like or something PC, like it's that. It's a PC only thing though. Hmm. Do you think? No, they, you co- you can actually you can actually do that. You could do that through through the Battlefield games uh, oh, on really? place on Xbox. Yeah. Huh. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because there's a, like you can go into you can go in when you go in uh, like a Battlefield game. They give you the option to pick. Uh, pick servers that you want to connect to to you know to search for your matches instead of it just having to do a quick one and in there you, a lot of the times you'll see uh like people's own servers where they've set up games the way they want it to be and it will say like you know so and so host will kick you if you do this or do that you know so so if you brought it so if let's say i brought a server uh yeah a server for anthem uh and do I have to invite you and Corey to play on my server? Yeah. Or if I'm if I'm not at home, but you know, like do or do I just cut the game off? <laughs> well, we could we could be at you can you can put people as admins that when you're gone. So like if okay. you're not online, then I could be online and I could be hosting the server. But so so on, it's on my, on, on my, but, okay. but yeah you, like your server won't be in use unless i think someone that you've put admin on the server is actually online i okay. think is how it works how they do it so because i'm shocked i'm shocked they haven't explored that more like advertised that more to do server stuff yeah um, i mean yeah i don't i, I, I mean, think it's, it's just kind of something that they've known but I think it's just for a very limited subsection of people. You know, people. Like I, just, yeah. I just don't think enough, you know, casual or even, you know, fans of the series care that much. You know, I think it's for a very 
very specific subset of people that want to try things out or whatever. So, yeah. Uh, so, uh, last part uh, that I I just want to ask, and then uh, you guys will let you go to so have a great weekend. A great weekend. Um, what what do we expect from the next games as a service? Uh, demo. You know, we're expecting the Division 2 uh, coming out, so I think what they learned from the Division 1, they'll probably do the same thing for this. Um, what do you guys think will happen? Um, will we get something like Gears 5 as, as a demo? Um, like, what do you see in the future? Because if if this is what EA is going to continue to do with their demos and stuff, I I think it may hurt their business in the future. Because they can't have anything like this going on for PS5 and Scarlet. Yeah, but, I mean, there's always been online issues for, for I mean, not, not to go back to the last topic or anything, mm-hmm. but, like, even Blizzard has had, like, terrible online launches. Look at Diablo 3. Overwatch had, like, a six hour delay like i I mean the most popular games are always going to have server problems right like even activision as much as much call of duty as they put out every year has still not solved the problem right it's just Mm -hmm. it's just one of those things but like if anybody has the the manpower and the in the experience i think ubisoft has it because of rainbow six siege and the division one and for honor Uh, ghost recon to an extent like they have the the experience and i think what when the division's private beta comes out i think it's gonna i think it's gonna be bumpy but i don't think it's gonna be as catastrophic as this past weekend with anthem like friday with friday i think you could you could categorize as like a a catastrophic server Mm -hmm. right you know people could not get on all day well, and I think they actually said that that wasn't actually even a server issue. It was just the game wasn't when it got to a certain point of loading that 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 mechanic, the that coding inside of the game that's supposed to tell this part to start now wasn't starting. Well, uh, like that because they they said something about it not being a uh, not yeah, being I, a server issue. I, I have it right here. So, uh, Bioware. Uh... At the VIP demo, uh, update from Bioware's head of live service, and I'm not going to read everything. Chad Robertson, he wrote on January 26th, uh, yesterday was rocky. The first day of our VIP demo weekend did not go exactly as we planned, and I want to share what happened. We've been testing the entire game and platform for several months, but there were a few things we missed. Where were played frequently leads to unexpected issues. Before I share details on this and what we're still facing, I want to dispel one comment we've seen that we underplan for server capacity so stores to ensure stability, we attended to manage our servers to match the player population as it grew. Overall, we had SS ca- uh, capacity prepared for population increase and continue to do so. That said, what's important is that all parts of the game worked as designed to meet players' needs, and that did not happen in the opening hours. 
while there are a number of issues we dealt with yesterday, there were three primary areas uh, where uh, platform connections, entitlements, and infinite loans. And their top priorities is continue to resolve any reports uh, of issues with login and entitlement problems, implement fixes to address, uh, and improve server performance. And then if everybody want to read the rest of it, you can go over to blog.bioware.com for that. Word. So, but I'm my thing is is that because they, they they're saying that they test the way that they were playing it in house that everything was running smoothly, but they didn't expect it to be any problems when they put it online. Well, of course you're testing it in house, so you're running everything online and stuff within house. You you didn't put it into the real world. So if you're running it in-house, you're probably running it on powerful PCs um, and everything is just running as going as planned. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. like I, that's what these demos are going to be for though, right? Is like, this is how they're testing it in the real world so it doesn't happen on yeah. day one. So. Yeah, the optimization is... Yeah, I think that's what it ends up being is it's an optimization issue where... <laughs> Where it, you know, like I said, like there's so many, there's so many possibilities when you're playing the game of of choices and things that, if if for some reason one little thing just doesn't quite line up, that could cause the whole entire game to just not work. And unfortunately, that kind of stuff is gonna be something you deal with with any beta or any because it's not a full build it's it's missing a lot of the game and they had to hope that they coded everything together and cut things off and and all that to make it still run the way it was you know like it's 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 frankenstein it's basically a frankenstein chunk of a game that they gotta hope works (laughs) i I think what their expectation was because of the close alpha that that close alpha is a sign of that when they put it on the real world it'll be the same thing that everything just works up the gate but the close yeah. alpha had, had less... a lot of problems it had a lot of problems actually of problems? Okay. yeah you had you like people spent you a lot of people had to spend about a half an hour to an hour of just Closing it, log in, closing it, log in, closing and just hoping eventually you'd get logged into it because it just, it wasn't, it wasn't going, it wasn't connecting at all. So so So. the same thing that was happening with the closed alpha is similar to what's happening now. Mm -hmm. Okay. But it's just not as bad this time around. Okay. Like, so it was way worse than the alpha. Now you at least had somewhat of a chance of getting in. Then it was like, you could... You could just bet on it taking forty-five minutes to even be able to get a chance to get in. So yeah, they they okay. they did improve things, but it, it's still obviously they still were missing something that wasn't wasn't allowing it to be a hundred percent success. And, and Sally, they have five weeks to get this together. No, four weeks, I think, to get this. Well, together. like I said, I I honestly think that this was just the alpha. I think that that's what they had. Uh, they had to secure as being their thing that they were going to release. I, I think they should have. And until it real was released as as a beta, they they weren't able to really work on it until until now. But yeah. 
So, but uh, we want to know what you guys think uh, about games as service demos. And you guys could email the show. One second. At ArsenalXPodcast at gmail.com. You guys could join our Facebook page, ArsenalXNGR Radio's Xbox Podcast Group. And like Corey said, to win the contest for three months of Game Pass, you have to A, subscribe to the YouTube channel, B, join our Facebook page, C, Post a picture in the memory of that you had of our uh, with your Xbox, and that's it. Correct, Corey. Correct. Yes. You can also follow us on Twitter at Arsenal X Podcast. Uh, follow us on Instagram at Arsenal X Podcast, and we would love to have you guys join us on actually on our Arsenal X Podcast group on clubs. So when you guys uh, tune in to Windows Ten or your know, Xbox, just uh, type in Arsenal X Podcast group and join us there. We would love to play with you guys. Corey, where can we find you at? You can find me on Twitter at. CoreyNHD713. You can find me on Instagram and Twitch at CoreyNHD. And you can find me on various other content here on NGRRadio.com. Jesse, where can we find you at? You can find me on Twitter at PhantomMeg at AX. <laughs> <laughs> you guys can find me on Twitter at that pressure code. You can also read this week's optional opinion special blogs on NGRRadio.com Join us here on YouTube at Arsenal X Podcast channel every Wednesday um, We have also AX Plays Squad Goals and more content. Also if you guys are Dick of Anthem come on and be a Javelin and subscribe to Javelins for Hires here on, uh, on YouTube Also if you guys are Agent, join the guys from Dark uh, uh, Dang, dang. I was going to say Junkies for Hires. Dark Zone Junkies. <laughs> Forgive me, everybody. Dark Zone Junkies. And if you guys are still into Destiny or just a casual, kind of like me, you can also join Tower Casuals here on YouTube. These guys are doing great content, uh, giving you up-to-date news about what's been announced, what's been showcased, and they're giving you their viewpoints and opinions about uh, the news that come out of here. So if you guys are interested into these games and these series, uh, join each of those, and we would love to hear your guys' comments and discuss you guys join the discussions for that. So with that, everybody, we're going to throw up the X one more time. Because we are exiting out of here Everybody have a great week Have a great weekend Hopefully you guys are who did get to play Anthem Did enjoy it And look out for more But that everybody We'll talk to you later Bye 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 <laughs>